Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome to the Lucius McDowell Living Right Podcast. Tonight it's me. Nobody represented me, but me tonight. Last couple of weeks I had my daughter to sit in. I thought she did a fantastic, phenomenal job. That's Miss Cody Page McDowell, wonderful minister of the gospel, wonderful woman of God. We are so grateful that she can step up do those things that need to be carried out at the time that need to be carried out. But I'm back tonight, y'all, and I'm back tonight again to make sure that we do understand that, you know, as we navigate this course called Living, right? I mean, we want to make sure that we're doing it according to the Word of the Lord. So tonight we're going to jump into the Word of God as it pertains to living right. I want to live wrong, but want to live right, do right, because when I live right and do what is right, I know that it will pay off. Glory to God. We'll be talking to you about a subject matter that is vitally important again and to write for relationships with God. And in order to have a right for a relationship with God, it's got to be like it. got to have that proof that he's placed on the inside of me. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about the subject matter of walking in the Spirit, cultivating the, the fruit of goodness. We've been taking these fruits uh, one by one. And let me tell you something. I thought maybe I could just kind of all loop them and, you know, group them all together. But the bottom line is, you know, you really want to get understanding. You really want to be able to understand exactly what it is that you're not doing right so that you can make it right. I don't know about you, but for me, living right is uh, it's important to me. I don't want to just live life haphazardly. I want to be living life on point. I want to always be giving God the glory. I want to be able to always present my my body as a living sacrifice to God, which is a reasonable service. Not just a reasonable service, but just doing because I love it so much. And I don't want nothing to temper the relationship that I have with the Father. And I know that if I develop my relationship with the Father through reading the Word, through living the Word, through praying this Word, through talking to Him every day, just really checking in, I believe that it makes me better. And what's so good about it, that seed that is in me as a result of Him, you know, allowing His Son Jesus to come and live in my life. And now that I have an opportunity to 
access all of the promises of God, I now can't be a blessing to other people. And I want you to understand that, you know, I'm not getting this all just for me. I ain't just getting tanked up on the word, getting fed on the word just for me. I am getting the word in me so I can be a blessing to others. So tonight, as we begin our show, we're going to jump right into the Word of God over in 2 Timothy, 3rd chapter 16 through 17 verse. I know people say, y'all don't know it by heart. Now, I might have had you listen for the first time. And if they're listening for the first time, I want to be able to make sure that they get this concept because one of the things that we need to understand, we're not going to get into the point of arguing scriptures. We're not going to get into the point of saying, you know, who wrote this and who wrote that because the Word is the final authority. The Word of God is the final authority, and there is nothing else. It's no error. It is the most perfected, manuscripted uh, book there is in today's literature. So over in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the 16th verse, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Now, we're talking about living right, then we got to have some instructions in righteousness. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect. And that word perfect really is it, translated mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It'd be something if it says that, that the man of God may be all right, uh, thoroughly, you know, conditioned that he can do what he wants to do. No, but the, the scriptures. The scripture is very specific. It says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want to be toured. I want to be uh, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want not only uh, what's in me to be uh, a representative of God, but I want to be able to be a blessing to others as they are walking along this journey. You know, I found somebody uh, 34 years ago, that could help me be a better husband, a better father. Man, I would have loved to walk with them. But guess what? I found nobody but the Word of God. And guess what? The Word of God didn't help me a great deal. But I think it's a blessing when you find people who are born-again believers, who are mentoring, who are discipling others to say, I made those mistakes. Don't want to see you make the same mistake. And I want to make sure that as we walk this walk that you have the very best in your life. That's the reason why I believe that, you know, in order for us to be thoroughly furnished up to all good works, we need these type of podcasts. We need to hear this. I don't know where I'm, I mean, all over the place. You may, you may hear me all, you know, all over the U.S., all over international waters. But the bottom line is this is a word in season for you to understand that this is very important, that you get scriptures in you, that you can represent your Father God, you know. Building relationships. What is it like to have a relationship with somebody that you don't know? You don't know them. But when you get to know a person, that means you begin to study them out. You begin to understand exactly what their expectations are. And I think that's what it's all about with building relationships with the Father God. He sits there on the heavenly throne, but he loves us. He wants us to love him back just as well. And not only does he want us to love him, but he wants us to come to know him in a way that, you know, that we want to represent him in the earth so that others can come along just as well. Our job is to make sure that we are snatching folk out of the pit of hell based on the goodness and the love that our God has made available through us through his dear son, Jesus Christ. Well, let me say this to you. People are perishing for the lack of knowledge, and you know that's the reason why it's very important for us to get understanding. Proverbs 4, chapter 7, verse, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, Get wisdom, and with all that getting, get 
understanding. Let me tell you something. You can collect a lot of information, but if you don't get an understanding of what is being disseminated to you, it's no good for you. You don't want to be just a, a person just, you know, just collecting information. You know, over in Second uh, Timothy, uh, I think it's the seventh verse, it says, you don't want to be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And people got big Bible, big dusty Bibles in their living room, big Bibles that, you know, they just don't read. And let me tell you something, reading is knowledge, and knowledge is powerful especially when you get an understanding. And the reason why we need to understand this is because we're living in a day and hour where, you know, folk just, you know, we're living in the last days. And the scripture says over in Second Timothy that it says in the third chapter, it says this no also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I just want to go back and remind you of what it says. It's for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away from. It says, uh, it goes on in verse number seven, it says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't want to be that way. Don't want to be that way. Don't want to be that way. Don't want you to be that way because we want to make a difference while we are in the earth. God wants us to live right, and he wants us to get instructions to live it, and guess what we're going to do? That's what we're here for. That's what the Lucius McGowan Living Ride podcast is all about it's all about getting getting understanding living right and living right telling you this thing is very very serious and we want to make sure that we are doing what we're supposed to do so we're going to jump into the word of god tonight we're going to get on in here make sure that we get understanding because we got to dissect these fruits and we got to begin to make sure that you know everybody is understanding what's expected from you so galatians the fifth chapter starting with verse number 16 it says this i say then this is apostle paul he's addressing the church because he wanted to make sure that they understand that you know this is an opportunity for them to obey the spirit and not allow the dictates of their flesh to lead them into things that are not good i mean you know that if you don't corral if you don't crucify if you don't mortify the members of your flesh your flesh will have you doing some things that you know that you ain't got no business doing so in order to uh in order for us to really crucify man and, and really uh you know kill the flesh we got to make the word alive on the inside of us and so here he says in the scripture he says this i say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh it's just that simple walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh but really makes what makes it hard for a lot of people is more people put more a lot of people i'm sorry put more emphasis on uh the lust factor versus saying i'm going to zero in my attention in on obeying god see what i hear the, the spirit of the lord giving that directive and tell me what to do he's instructing for me to do it so that i won't make mistakes now i'm not going to be perfect forever because you know because i won't reach that state of perfection that we know for my god until i be with him 
And while I am in this earth, as long as I listen to him, I will be able to uh, allow myself to uh, avoid a lot of unnecessary. You know, the scripture says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That means that my steps have been ordained by God. God knows which way he wants me to go. And guess what? If he knows where he wants me to go, the Holy Spirit knows where he wants me to go. So that means also that there's absolutely no good thing that he will withhold from those that walked rightly before him. So that means that if I check in with him, if I build proper relationship with him, if I do the necessary, glory to God, I believe that God will open the door and he will allow me to walk into some greatness. I believe that your steps are ordered tonight, today, so that you can walk into some greatness. But you got to understand, don't spend all that time trying to fight your flesh Spend time listening to the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit lives big on the inside of each and every one of us. And because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we now have the greater one that will be with us forever and ever until we go on to be with the Lord. And then we go to be with the Lord. We're going to all be up there together. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. So it says, this I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So that you cannot do the thing that you would. Verse 18 says, but if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. If you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. So that means that, you know, if I'm led of the Spirit, I'm no longer under the law. Now it goes on and says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, and heresies. Verse 21, it goes on and says, envy and murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of the which I tell you, therefore, I have also told you in times past that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Boy, that's a lot of stuff to be done. I'm looking at, I'm looking at nine fruit of the Spirit, but then I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, almost eighteen things that you got to deal with with the with the flesh. But he's saying, don't even, you know, you 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 go on it and, and you allow yourself to walk in the Spirit, so you don't fulfill the lust on the on the flesh. But he says, this is how you do it. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Love. He's already talked about love. Then goes on and talks about, uh, you know, the, the love of God has been shed and I brought about the power of the Holy Ghost. Then it talks about, uh, you know, joy. And we said that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Peace. God to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Long suffering. Glory to God. That's being able to suffer long. And gentleness is kindness. My daughter covered those two last time. And tonight we're dealing with goodness. Now, I know that I'm going to try to get to these other ones, but it says goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, with the affections and love. So verse 25 says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So, you know, that's a big question. So if, if you live in the Spirit, it's not a question. It's, it's a kind of a, a statement. It's just let us walk in the Spirit. You know, you know, put up or shut up. You know, do what you say you're going to do. You know, if you decide that you're going to live for the Lord, live for the Lord. 
And I mean, let's do a good job doing it. I want you to understand some God wants each of his children to produce fruit. Every one of us should have a very good fruit tree. You should be able to eat off of my fruit, and it should be some good, good fruit. Why? Because I've been cultivating. I've been making sure it's being nurtured. It's being watered. It's being, you know, uh, it's, it's all of the good stuff is being placed on it. So through my prayer life, through my word time, there should be something good that you get from Lucius McDowell. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is so much better than the flesh. And like I said, you know, it's nine fruit, but then look at all of those uh, areas of the flesh. That means you got a lot of things that you got to contend with because the flesh produces works. And I'm telling you, it ain't no good works. It's a terrible thing. And if you're not careful, you'll end up following after something that is not good for you. You know, Proverbs 10, chapter 21st verse, it says, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And I'm telling you tonight, this is an opportunity to listen under the tone of my voice because what I want to do is I want to help you to understand that there are ways, there are things that you need to do so that you're able to actually win in every area of your life. Here in Galatians 5 and 16, all the way through uh Verse 25, Paul is getting, uh, he's telling us uh, of something that is, is nothing but absolute truth. He is saying, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the word walk means to eventually walk around in one general vicinity. It is your sphere of life or your sphere of influence. Your whole life is lived there, and if you do, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that means that where I go, where I be, I've got to represent. I've got to make sure that you know that the flesh is not producing uh, to give the enemy any uh, uh any accolades, but I want to be able to represent my Father, my God, because He wants me to represent everything there is about Him that is good. And the same with you, Justice Will. This is very important. The word fruit is very important. And uh, there is not a fruit without a seed. Fruit is a result of seed. And I think we said over in Genesis that every uh, fruit, every seed produces after its own kind. And uh, in First John, uh, the third chapter, the ninth verse, it says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. I am born of God. You are born of God. And as the scripture says, his seed remaineth in us, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. We're not supposed to sin. We've got to take authority over our flesh to make sure that we don't get in places that are not good. But our job is to make sure that, you know, we are allowing the the, the, the the seed of the Holy Ghost to produce after its own kind. And after it produced after its kind, there should be so much glory to God, so much great things in us in terms of, you know, all that there is that the Holy Spirit is supposed to produce. There should be love. There should be joy. There should be peace. There should be long-suffering. There should be gentleness. There should be goodness. There should be faith. There should be meekness. There should be temperance. All of these things, because this is nothing but a deposit of the Holy Ghost uh, uh, seed that is placed on the inside of us. First Peter, uh, the, the first Peter, the first chapter, the twenty-third verse says, 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So I got the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever on the inside of me. See, God's divine seed came into our spirit. We received a spiritual deposit the minute that we made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of our life. In that seed that was planted in us was the life of God. In other words, the DNA of God and the power of God just waiting to produce in our life, just waiting to be produced in our life. If we yield to it, we will begin to produce supernatural fruit in our lives. Now, if we don't yield to it, we will always end up having more of the flesh issue. And what God is saying is that, you know, now that I placed uh, the spirit in you, the spirit itself is going to produce after its own time. If I plant a seed of orange, oranges, in the ground, and I'm going to reap uh, oranges as they develop outside. If I uh, plant seeds of apples in the soil and water it and nurture it, those seeds will produce an apple tree. Never will an uh, apple seed produce an orange tree. Apple seeds produce after its own kind. And because it produced after its, its own kind, this is the very thing that God is saying, I have deposited myself inside of you, and you should be what? producing after me. I should be like him. I should walk like him. I should talk like him. I should live like him. Everything about me should be all that represent God the Father. Now, the seed of God himself has been planted inside of every born-again believer. And the moment you make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God comes on the inside of you, and production takes place. I'm talking about production take place. And I'm telling you, to meet a believer and not see uh, him, the fruit of love, to see a believer and not see the, the fruit of joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance, that becomes very questionable because there should be evidence. There should be evidence. Remember Hebrews 11, 1, faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But guess what? If you stay in faith and you believe in God, God will manifest those things that you're believing for. But in this particular case, the Holy Ghost has been placed on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit has the what? It has the very character of our God, the Father. And guess what? If that seed has been placed on the inside of you, there should be a reproduction of that seed coming up out of you. There is no excuse that a believer should not have. Love. There's no excuse that a believer should not have joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, weakness, and temperance because these are the things that the Holy Ghost have already placed on the inside of you. So tonight we're going to jump into the area called goodness. And if with goodness, I want to make sure that we are literally laying this thing out so that you can really get a great understanding of what this is all about. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd through the 23rd verse, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit, and he says fruit here means it's a, a beneficial result. It's a good thing that comes from the Spirit's indwelling. We just talk about our Holy Spirit. Now there's on the inside, there's been a deposit. Our DNA is just like God and the Holy Spirit because they are the Trinity. Amen. As the Holy Spirit works in our lives, our character changes. 
where we once had bitterness, where we once had uh, selfishness and cruelty and rebellions and spite. We are now possessors of love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control, all of the fruit of the Spirit. Everything in the list reflects the character of our God, and the goodness is, and goodness is one that relates directly to the morality. Now, I'm telling you now, you know, as you begin to study this thing out and you begin to examine these things one at a time, it really helps you to understand that, you know, we got to be, uh, here's going to be things, I got to do, I got to be, I got to do more better than what I've ever done, but I got to be better. I know that's not the best uh, English layout, but it's it's doing better. It, you know, I, I want to do. I want to be better than what I was yesterday. I want to be better than what I was a couple of days before than last year. I want to see some progression. I want to see um, myself making uh, um, some progress. And I believe that as I make that progress, I believe that God will be so happy. So let's jump on this goodness. Goodness is virtue, and holiness in action is. Virtue and his power and this holiness in action. Uh, it results in uh, a life characterized by deeds motivated by righteousness and a desire to be a blessing. It desires to be a blessing. It's a moral characteristic of a spirit-filled person. Every born-again person should be. Can you imagine if every born-again believer on the planet operated, you know, cultivated the fruit of goodness? What a wonderful world this would be. Boy, everybody is not born-again of today. I want to get born again and get saved based on all of the goodness that will be flowing throughout the land. The Greek word translated goodness is agathosene. It is defined as uprightness of heart and life. Agathosene is goodness for the benefit of others. Not goodness simply for the sake of being virtuous, but the benefit of others. Your goodness for the benefit of others. Someone with goodness will selflessly act on behalf of others. Confronting someone about, uh, uh, you know, area of sin demonstrates, again, goodness because, uh, you know, whom God loves, he chases. And I, I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, it takes uh, – uh, 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 it, it may not feel good, uh, but it might be to the very best of that individual that you're trying to help. So so do also giving to the poor. And I think that that's a really good thing that a lot of people, you know, feel like, you know, we want to make sure that we can provide things to other people who don't or have need or who don't have the means of getting things. Providing for one's children or, or visiting the sick, volunteering to clean up, you know, uh, a neighborhood, uh, not only just a neighborhood after there's been a terrible storm. Praying for your enemies and making sure that you know all of those things are being on the on the front on the on the on the on the front course of of, of your to do list. Its expression of goodness are as varied as the spirit is created. Goodness is not a quality we can manufacture on our own, because James the first chapter the seventeen verse says, "Every good thing given and." Every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of life. So this certainly includes a life characterized by goodness. And letting the Holy Spirit control us, we are blessed with the fruit of goodness. As others see our good works, they will praise the Father in heaven because it's in motion. And I wonder sometimes just how many times are we doing those things? How many times are we making sure that we are being a blessing to other people so that they are able to see 
the goodness of the Lord flowing out of us. Now, the word goodness is, again, the Greek word agonosity, and it, it, it comes from the word agathos, which means good. But when agathos becomes the word agonosity, it means goodness in the sense of being good to someone. Uh, this word was used to portray a person who is generous, a person who is big-hearted, a person who is liberal and charitable with his or her finances. We would call this person a big giver. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like a big, big giver. Now, in reading Acts the 10th chapter, starting with verse number 38, we find that this fruit of the Spirit operated mightily in Jesus. I'm going to jump right over into the Word of God, into Acts the 10th chapter, uh, verse uh, 38, because it's something that I want you to see this, because this is something that I've heard preached a great deal, but in studying out, we see a little different, some things that we can begin to actually uh, tap, tap into. I want to start with verse number, I'm going to start with verse number 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power I'm sorry, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to notice something it says here. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice that God was with him. But why was he with him? He was there to, to actually to do good, to heal the, those that were sick, to heal, uh, to uh, set free to those that were oppressed by the devil. And not only that, God was with him. Uh, if I want to draw your attention to the word or the phrase doing good because it is so crucial to what we're talking about tonight. The words doing good are from the words urogetio, which is an old word that denoted a benefactor or a philanthropist or one who financially supported charitable works. This word would only be used to describe a person who possessed great financial substance and who used it to assist those who were less fortunate. Now, the implication of the word is that Jesus possessed a great amount of financial resources in his ministry. I'll say it again. The implication of this word is that Jesus possessed a great amount of financial resources in his ministry. In addition to the offerings that were received for his ministry, you know, over in Luke, the 8th chapter, the 3rd verse, it tells us that a group of very wealthy women also financially supported his ministry. Boy, this is amazing because when you start looking at this thing, you start getting really heavy. I want to run over there right quickly and just pull this scripture out so y'all can hear this because these are some things that Jesus had sown some great things, and as a result of his sowing, he ended up getting a great harvest. Look at verse number eight. I mean, chapter chapter eight in in Saint Luke, verse number one. It says, "And it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him." And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, glory to God, and Joanna, the wife of Chaza, Herod, Stuart, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him 
of their sources. So they were wealthy women, but guess what? They also supported his ministries. And by the way, if you know, our Lucius McDowell ministries, if anybody want to be able to sort to our ministries so that we can carry the gospel all across the U.S. into international waters, A, feel free to do so. And not only that, glory to God, but even when you start talking about churches, it's always partnerships and all these things that go with really helping uh, advance the kingdom of God in the earth. I just have to throw that one in there. But anyway, also we can infer from Judah's words in uh, St. John, the 12th chapter, the 5th verse, that Jesus' ministry had a significant feeling philanthropic outreach to the poor and the needy over which Judas had been placed in charge. So this tells me that Jesus didn't only perform supernatural works, he also used his resources to do good works in the natural realm. See, Jesus cared for the poor, he helped feed the needy, and he utilized the vast resources of money made available to his ministry to meet the basic needs of human beings. Thus, he also set an example for us to be concerned for and involved in meeting the needs of, uh, 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 meeting of the basic needs as we are able to do so. This tells us that acting in goodness is a character feature of the nature of God. Luke mentioned this aspect of Jesus' nature in Acts 10, chapter 38, verse, right along with his supernatural healing power, sounding the signal that God is just an interest in helping the poor and needy with financial assistance as he is in supernatural healing their bodies. I'll say that again. You always hear, you know, you always hear of how he healed the bodies, you know, and all those other things, but really just doing the good, the supernatural good, the good things were he was able to help meet the needs of those people, of the people that had need of his services. The truth is, helping to meet the physical needs of others, glory to God, is an act of goodness that Jesus did and still longs to do through his people. Now, he did it when he was in the earth, and now he needs a conduit to work through. Are you available? Are you available to be used by God to be a blessing in any way that you can be? I remember one years ago when I worked in government down in Atlanta, Georgia, and I would uh, do a lot of soul winning. There would be a lot of opportunities that I could give to those people that were in need because there was a lot of homeless people that were on the street. And, of course, I always had the word of God, but let me tell you something. When you're hungry, you don't want the word. You really want, you know, you want a place to stay or you want to have some money so you can go and get your cart so you have some safety uh, while you're there on the street. So that means that there are times where you do have to give. And then there are some times where, you know, you have to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit because there are some people that want money to actually use it for drugs or use it for drinking and all that stuff. And I'll let them know, I can't give you money for that, but I can give you some money to help you to be stabilized. So it's a, it, it, it was an opportunity for me to learn even then when was a good time to give and when was it a not good time to give because you always want to make sure that you're giving and sowing on good ground. But anyway, I, I began to, you know, practice that principle so that when I begin to feel or sit in my spirit that there's something that I'm supposed to do, then I am going to be released to do it. So when the Bible tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit is goodness, God is letting us know that he wants us to be selfless using our resources to help change people's living conditions for the better. This is absolutely contrary to the flesh, which 
would consume everything that you have on yourself. But when the Spirit is working mightily in us, he shifts our focus from ourselves to the needs of those who are around us. So that means that, you know, there's a shifting that takes place, and with that shifting that takes place, it's no longer about what I got for myself, but it's what can I do for my brother or my sister. Now, the fruit of the Spirit called goodness is a supernatural urge in a person to reach beyond himself to meet the natural needs of those around him. When a believer is walking in the Spirit, his eyes are supernaturally open to see the needs of humanity, and his heart is moved to meet those needs. I'm going to say it again. When a believer is walking in the Spirit, his eyes, your eyes, are supernaturally open to see the new, the needs of humanity. Don't nobody have to tell you because Holy Spirit will alarm you, and your heart will be moved to meet those that are in need. This is why there is no greater benefactor or philanthropist, a, a philanthropist than a person who is filled with the Spirit and who is producing the fruit of the Spirit in his or her life. I'm telling you, this is so critical because at all times you don't know what God's going to do. You don't ever know. You know, when people are in need, you've got to be always sensitive to make sure that you are doing the very, very thing that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. I'm going to say it again. Scripture says, this I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he goes on and he says, but the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you cannot uh, do the things that you would do. But then he goes on and says, but if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, again, I'm going to say this again. Glory to God. <laughs> when a supernatural, uh, when, 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 when a person, when a believer is walking in the Spirit, his eyes are supernaturally open to see the needs of those that are in need. And his heart is moved to meet those needs. That's why it's so critically important that you may not have a ton of money. But let me tell you something. You might have money that you'll be able to get somebody a blessing. You may not have a bunch of things in your closet, but let me tell you something. There are a lot of things that you're not wearing that you can be a blessing to those who are in need. Let's help humanity become better. Let's help humanity to live, to get to their next level. You'll be surprised at the stepping stones that God will use with people like yourself and myself to help people come into a higher place of living. I really believe that the scripture is really real. I believe that it's working strongly in this day and hour, that, you know, we got to show forth. We got to show forth the light of the Lord that lives big that in our heart. It's got to shine so that the world can see it. And not only that, we got to be able to always say, you know, we don't want people living in darkness and they don't have to be in darkness. But we can give uh, we can give unto them a, a better way by, by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us so that, you know, that we can open it. It can open up a door that one can be born again and saved. That's a big piece there, y'all. It's a really, really big piece there. So as we begin to continue this thing, let me tell you, tell you uh, goodness has to do with moral and spiritual excellence that is known by its sweetness and active kindness. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he helped define this virtue when he observed that one will, that one will hardly die for a righteous man, uh, though perhaps for the good man someone would die even, even dare to even die. 
A, a Christian can be morally upright but still not manifest the grace of goodness. I don't want to be that way. I want to manifest that grace of goodness. He may be admitted and respected for his high moral standards and might even have a friend, have friends who have risked uh, of his life for him. But the upright person who also has goodness is much more than likely to have self-sacrificing friends because you're going to have people around you that you're going to always say, see doing those things. I'll give you a good example. Um, one example is um, there is a, a, a Bible uh, example in, in Matthew, the first chapter, the 19th verse. Remember Joseph. Joseph was such a righteous and a good man when he learned that Mary was pregnant but did not yet know it was by the Holy Spirit being that he was a righteous man. He could not bring himself to marry her, assuming she had been unfaithful. But being also a good man, he could not bear the thought of disgracing his beloved Mary, and therefore he desired to put her away secretly so that, you know, that there would not be any words on it. I mean, this 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 was a good thing to be done at that particular time. Remember David. David had a deep understanding of God's goodness. He repeatedly reveals in his psalm, surely and goodness, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, guess what? And he said, I'm going to be dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. And he rejoiced in that. But guess what? Goodness was always following him. Even over in uh, um, Galatians, the sixth chapter. I'll, I'll read this again because I, I think this is a, another good moment of, 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 of learning about the fruit of goodness is Scripture teaches us. Let me get there right quickly. Teaches us that let us not be weary in well-doing. Or in due season, we will we will we will reap the harvest if we faint not. But then it goes on in saying, "Give me one second. I'm turning, quoting and turning at the same time. I'm quoting and turning at the same time. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Praise the Lord. There we go. Just want to make sure that I'm quoting, and I am saying it right. Praise the Lord. My time is running out, but I want to make sure I get this into you because this is something that you need to hear. Goes on and he says. Um, in the night verse, it says, and let us not be weary and well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we what? If we faint not. As we have uh, therefore opportunity, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good. Unto some men, no, it says, unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So it's telling us to do good to all men, especially those that are of the household of faith. Those that are the what now? The household of faith. So that means that we are to do good as a believer. Why? Because doing good, goodness is a fruit that we are to cultivate, and that fruit should be producing after its own kind. Can I say it this way? It's, it's, a, it's a fruit that we have to cultivate because it's been producing after its own kind. Now, if God if produces good unto us, then we should be able to what? To do good unto all men just as well. Let's look at these scriptures right quick before we close out tonight. The goodness of God over in Psalm 25, stands in number 8, it says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way. 
Psalms number 33 and Psalms number 5. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I love Psalms number 34 and Psalms It's just, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Glory to God. Over in Nahum of the first chapter, the seventh verse, he says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows with them that trusted in him. Matthew the 19th chapter, the 17th verse, it says, And he said unto them, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Let me tell you something. God is good all the time, and all the time our God is good. It is our responsibility to make sure that we are not just uh, reaping the benefits of the good God, but we're supposed to do good according to the Scriptures. I'm going to read it one more time in Galatians because this, it blessed me as I begin to look at it. It says, as it says and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And it says, as we have, therefore, opportunity. Wow. As we have, therefore, opportunity. There's an opportunity all the time for you to be able to do good. It says, let us do good unto all. A-L-L, all men. Then it goes on and says, common, especially unto them who are of the house of faith. Now, come on, people of God. Learn how to work this word so this word can work for you. Psalms number 34, verse number 14, it says, Depart from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. Psalms number 37, there's a number three, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good so that thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. I like Luke, the sixth chapter, the 35th verse, it says, But love ye your enemies and do good. Ooh, wow, even to your enemies. Notice it says all men. It didn't say something. It said all men. It says, But ye love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. Your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and even unto the evil. God Almighty, my goodness, hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and 16, it says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And my last one is going to be James, the fourth chapter, the 17 verses. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. So that means that we've got a responsibility, and that responsibility is to do good at all times. Listen, my time is up as we're concluding the, tonight's uh, presentation of the Lucius McDowell Living Right Podcast. want to let you know that you can always reach out to us at uh, Agape International Ministries, and that is uh, P.O. Box 1142, P.O. Box 1152, McDonough, Georgia. Uh, you can also reach out to Lucius McDowell Ministries, and that is the same address just as well, P.O. Box uh, 1152, McDonough, Georgia. And you can reach me on all digital platforms, and that is you can reach me on LuciusMcDowell.com, which you can view all of my music podcasts and those those things that I am doing. If you're ever in need of anyone to teach the Word of God and to be a, a blessing to you, 
Give me a shout out. Give me a holler. We can see what we can do. But let me tell you something. Pray for us that we can continue to carry the gospel and do these things that God is telling us because it is our job to make sure that people get instructions for living right. So as I leave you tonight, be with me as I return on next Monday with the Lucius McDowell Living Right podcast. See you later, but I will see you on Monday. Blessings to you, though.